Hey, welcome back to the State of Charge podcast. Fun weekly inspirational podcast with great intro music. Here to keep your spiritual batteries recharged. I'm here with John Mann, your host. I'm Matt Swartz, your host. And we are excited Why to be here this week. Why did you have to call out the intro music after we were just talking about how bad it is? I, I'm just having fun, man. All right. Well, I don't. I, I don't think it's bad. So right. that that's the thing for me. So this is that's why I thought. Okay. Well, maybe this is a new promise to our listeners that next next season or series we're gonna next have season, some yeah. different. We're almost done with this season. Music. We are one more it, after it, this one. One more. But that does not mean that today's guest is not important. No, today's of course guest not. Is very important. And, and, and we've gone international again today, so yes, that's very exciting. Yes. This is the second time this season that we've been international. Yeah. So. But just to recap on last week, that was so fun to talk with Corey and Jenny just about their their partnership as a husband and wife. So if you haven't heard that uh, episode, I'd love for you guys to go back and listen to it. They have a great story. And just commentary on that really quick. Their interaction together. Yeah. Was was quite amazing. I mean, it's it's I think a challenge for a husband and wife to work together, but Absolutely. then to work together in business like that—that's amazing. Yeah, it was really really fun to watch them and just seeing how nervous they were beforehand, and then once they got into it, they just really loved it. So yep. that was awesome. Well, Matt, yeah, go today ahead and though, introduce our guest today. Navy, why don't you introduce yourself? Welcome to State of Charge. So excited you're here. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, ooh, where do I start? So, well, give your name first off, so because <laughs> I'm I'm not even going to attempt your last name because uh, so you know. full full name is Navy uh, Agbo. Agbo is my last name, and uh, yeah, super excited. I'm Nigerian, moved stateside. Uh, Eight years ago, pretty much. It's going to be eight years next month, September. So time has flown by. Wow. Yeah, we were just talking about that before we started recording. Yeah. Eight years ago is when I was beginning to work on my master's program. So that's crazy. Eight years ago is actually significant for all three of us. Yeah. Why, John? He moved stateside. You started your master's. Yep. And? And Easy Spaces opened up. Which is where we so, record the podcast. Uh, we're here right now. So, yeah, yeah. eight years. That's a, It's amazing how fast. Yeah. Eight years flies in in the span of life, isn't it? It, it is. Well, it's scary because now we both have kids that are adults. So, yeah. Oh, which yeah. is what what happens when <laughs> you keep feeding them? That's right. Which is another Hopefully series. I won't of have to keep feeding them soon. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but no, Nigerian, and so we we got to get the story here about how a Nigerian comes to the u.s but you then which is quite a story i know we won't be able to get into like every detail of it yeah but then the the jump into the tech world which is where you live like give us some of the the the, the best version in less than an hour oh, right. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so yeah i grew up in nigeria um my mom raised me and uh five other siblings Man. and um our dad passed away when I was 11 months old, my okay. mom was, I think, about 35 at the time, uh, but she never remarried. Uh, so just growing, growing up, you know, in a single-parent household. Uh, however, my mom always gave me, and I'd say my siblings, the opportunity to dream. Uh, mm. And, you know, she usually assigned tasks based on what your natural bent was. And I, for whatever reason, was always interested in tech. I say for whatever reason, but actually I, my brother got me interested in that. He he was super techie, loved technology, was always playing with actually working on fixing, tearing down computers. <laughs> wow. So um, I remember then, like, I, I learned how to bypass 
their Windows password so I could play <laughs> games. <laughs> so I could play games on the computer. But th- that was my first, uh, I think, uh, exposure to computers, to technology. Sadly, my brother passed away March this year. Wow. Uh, so recently. Yeah, recently. But just you know, being able to look back, I'm so happy because before he passed away, uh, I was talking to my wife, Hannah, and we're talking about my brother. And I was saying how, man, I, I wish I could express... And my thanks and gratitude to my brother, I feel like I've never really done that. She was like, do it. So a month Mm. or so before he passed away, I actually had a phone call with him. And I was just saying, hey, thank you so much. Like, I've started a tech business, a consulting business, and I've gone on to do a lot of things. And thank you so much for for planting that seed. And he was taking it back, and he was like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. But I'm glad we had that conversation. Was, was he um, was he terminal at that point, and you and you knew something was happening, or was it just I just need to do this, and 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 it happened? Yeah, it just it, like it was. I felt it tug at my heart to do that. I didn't know uh, stuff was that bad. He he had you know, mm-hmm. health issues, uh, but I didn't know it was that bad. Man, and he just went downhill about a month. Can you imagine that. if you didn't make that call? And, yeah. and he passed. What what burden that would be on your heart, not yeah. ever being able to tell like, him that? I still have, you know, sometimes struggling with regrets for what I said and shouldn't have said and things mm. that I could have said and didn't say. But this is one thing that I'm like, you know, thanks to God we got to have that conversation before yeah. he passed away. But to your earlier question, so, you know, grew up in that environment, you know, mom raised us, mom allowed me to dream Um you know, with the schools that I went to, you know, challenging myself, uh, working on computers, like my brother, he was more interested in hardware, and I was more so software side okay. of things. So I, I, at some point, I was my mom's, you know, Excel guy, you know, I typed everything. <laughs> my mom is a professor in Nigeria. So, you know, writing books or her theses and all of the side help edit. And then at some point, I worked as the tech guy in her department wow. and but I got a stipend for that um, but when I moved stateside I was in I'm also interested in sociology you know human interaction and you know, just trying to figure out how to bring those two things together uh, has always been my thing but when I moved stateside uh, all of a sudden I was in this country where you know, I could work in tech uh, without a degree I, I had a mentor yeah. at the time who was when I came, he was like, hey, just I'll mentor you. you. You can get a job. But in my mind, right, it was so linear. You go to college for four years. Mm-hmm. You get done. Maybe you do an internship or something, and then you get a job. And he was like, no, you have aptitude. I'll, I'll teach you the rest, and you, know, you already know something. So he encouraged me for about a year or so. So I was kind of his, it was like a pseudo apprenticeship with him. And then oh, I got, wow, I got my amazing. first tech gig after that for real estate. So company. did you come to the States to go to school or was so, that part of the dream oh, that your mom gave you or, or what? You know, like at about 16 or so, maybe 15, I, so being the last of all my siblings, I was super close to my mom. Would mm. never have dreamed that I'd be 8,000 miles away from my mom. But when I was about 15, all of a sudden, I started having this yearning, right, to go somewhere, make something of myself, help my mom, help my family. Uh, 
And then right at about that time, I heard about the, you know, Matt knows the Fuser. We can have that, the conversation later. But uh, I heard about the DV1 uh, visa category for the United States where people around the world apply to that. And it's it's like a lottery-based system. You meet certain criteria and then they're select. Hmm. Not everyone, some of that. And then you, you move on through a series of stages. So right about the time where I had this vision to, you know, go somewhere some country right where uh, i could have good opportunities uh a friend you know shared about dv1 so i applied forgot about it and uh the whole process took about two years wow. uh to get approved to move to the united states to work to go to school essentially on a green card mm-hmm. uh, out here stateside you what know, what's interesting to me is that you were interested in tech, but not necessarily aware that you had kind of an entrepreneurial bent, right? Yeah, so- that's that's very interesting because, like, I never really leaned into the entrepreneurial thing. However, it, it was my mom is a professor and also owned uh, her business for the longest time, a, a fashion design tailoring uh, business, like a boutique. Right. And then she also trained, you know, um, seamstresses so she trained them it was more like an apprenticeship they came worked under her Hmm. and then they went off to establish their own stores so it was really incredible to see my mom train people and literally pull them out of poverty wow right to go start your own business come be trained go start your own business so she had that while she was teaching. Wait, that's an amazing story in itself right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah can I we fly that. her out and interview her <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we, we need one more guest for next week can <laughs> <Let's> we? <do laughs> <it>. <laughs> But it was so incredible to see that my dad, before he passed away, was a civil engineer, but also owned his own carpentry business. They actually steal tables and stuff he made in my mom's house. And it's been, what, 26 years. Wow. Uh, so pretty solid stuff. Uh, and then my mom's grandparents were also, my mom's parents, rather. So grandma, maternal grandma, was a businesswoman. Like, she was a trader. So she bought stuff, sold them, you know, buy wholesale uh, and sell retail. Uh, grandpa, maternal grandpa, was also a, uh, a businessman. He, I think, he was a, he owned a bunch of trucks and stuff, and just moved things so around. So you necessarily didn't wake up one day and say, "I want to be an entrepreneur," but you were surrounded by it. Yeah, I was surrounded. My mom is still always, you know, selling stuff, buying right. stuff, buying solar stuff, selling them. So I was surrounded by that, uh, but I didn't really think much about it. Mm. Uh, I was like, you know, someday this this would be cool, but I didn't really. You know, ruminate on it or think, oh, some I had owned a business, a tech business. So, what what was the switch for you? So, you you make it to the U.S. and and so you're here. This guy mentors you. What was the switch that kind of went off for you to say, man, I could do this? It, I think it's a series. It was a series of things. Uh, one, my mentor believing in me and just you know speaking life and encouraging me. But it's also this idea that you can only dream about, you know, stuff you know. Like, you can't dream about something that's not on your whole right, that you don't know about. Right. Right. Uh, so him just opening up my world and then being in the United States and, like, all of a sudden discovering, oh, wow, there are opportunities here if, if, mm. I, if I really leaned in with that. Um, and then at the same time, uh, I, I think... I used to look at the world very, it was very compartmentalized, even in my faith, uh, in my relationship with God. It was like, you know, you went to church, you did Bible study, and then you went to work, and then you went to school, and all of these things were compartments. But uh, I went through a program called Surge, hmm. 
and it's like lay theology and helping you know how does our work right matter everything mm-hmm. we do all of life and that was in 2015 and i began to form like you know this new idea like oh interesting like i thought oh i have to be a missionary or be a pastor you know or do something else but not as important as you know pastors or missionaries but when i began to see that oh wow everything yeah. school yeah. even business then all of a sudden it was like oh i could do business as a mission it's like that's not less than a pastor or a missionary it's like we're all members of the body and you know we have that calling regardless of what we're doing so when i began to see it that way as well all of a sudden it was a lot more you know expedient <laughs> yeah to you know to start a business because that's my my whole idea right uh it's one of the taglines for it. the name of my uh business is icon labs that's e i k o n like greek word for mm-hmm. image and uh one of our taglines is we work with you know brands that make the world rejoice wow and it's you know, what does that look like uh where through my business right we're we're supporting we're working with brands you know ministries churches or other businesses that have a redemptive you know aspect mm. to their work that help the world rejoice and how can i as a company with the profits we make even with the opportunities i give people to work with us how can the world rejoice wow. know, through that i mean when you get paid <laughs> that's some <Yeah>. rejoicing <laughs> well it's interesting because you know I, I i you don't know anything about really about john's story but like john was a entrepreneur business owner stepped into a pastoral role See, John, you've lived in both worlds, but don't see them as one's more superior than the other. I mean, right? The, the, yeah. this, we've had that conversation a lot about, you know, whatever you do, live live out your calling yeah. of what God wants. Like that, that, I think that's a huge point to see. I, I like, especially for me as kind of a missions guy, when you say business as missions, I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me of my the story of my brother who was... Uh, a, he started a church, and it was a church plant through um, Vision Arizona up in Flagstaff, and he was the pastor there for six, seven years up in Flagstaff, and it was wow. it was rough. And uh, long story short, um, he's now taking over my father's accounting firm, and he told me he says, John, I get more opportunities to pastor in my accounting yeah, office yeah. than I ever did as wow. a pastor of a church, you know? So it's just, it's a mindset, right? It, it's, it's missional living. It's an understanding that no, no, what, no matter where God has us, uh, there's a purpose and intent that we can, we can make happen. Yeah. Do you think for you, so as, as you look back and so this, this awareness, I love, especially your tagline of things that, that you know, cause some people to rejoice, like, you're at the end of the day the the goal of business is to serve people and make money right like that i, th- I think what that's, you can do that <laughs> I, I i well maybe we should debate that i don't know that i mean that really is right like at some point you have a need i have a business i want to serve you but i know the byproduct is i'm going to make money um but for you as, as you stepped into that how did you figure out your values of what you wanted the business to be and and how do you see that you're able to integrate faith in, into your business it has been a process so i i started the business uh in 2019 uh didn't do much with it but i was ideating i was thinking through i also 
in 2019 went through Seth Godin's Alt MBA. Oh yeah, and that was very pivotal in informing some some values. Mm. I don't know where Seth is at if, if he's a believer or not, but like he, he's just very wise and mm-hmm. yeah. the way he thinks about things. So that was super helpful. And in 2020, same thing. I picked up a couple clients here and there, but nothing uh, substantial. And then I finally in 2021 <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic right. <laughs> went full time with, with Icon Lab February February actually wow. uh, went, went food because I was doing it uh, something on the side while I was consulting working with bigger companies um, but yeah it's, it has been a, a process uh, all through that too I think in 2020 I also had uh, a wonderful gentleman Fred Fred Jensen uh he, he used to be at Intel. He moved on to Avnet, and he sh- he started his own company, uh, consulting company, and he helps implement something called EOS, uh, Entrepreneur, I think, Operating System, um, by Gino Weekman, I think, the guy who wrote Traction, and he walked me through that. Uh, we, we had mm-hmm. a few sessions, and that also helped solidify some values for Icon. So it's been this iterative process, and I keep mm. fine-tuning it. You know, as I pray, I'm like, Lord, I need insight. And I'm talking with people, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great insight. You know, And I write it down, and I incorporate that, and I tweak some more. So it's it's been very <laughs> iterative. So I, I, I want to get back to the how do you integrate faith, but I have one other quick question that just kind of came up. Because yeah, you sure. keep speaking about people like mentors are these people you sought out or they they stumbled on you? Like, what, like how have you, like, because you've said multiple times, like this mentor, this mentor, this mentor. How did those people come about in your life? Man, that has been huge. That's something I think God has really used in my, in my life and I, I recommend it to everyone. But uh, given that I did not have a dad, right? Mm. My dad died when I was 11 months old. I, I feel like I've always, mm. you know, when I see him, I'm like, hmm, he's, and thankfully I grew up, you know, my mom raised us in, in a Christian home. We we had devotionals in the morning. We prayed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that, just a quick blurb on that, right? Growing up, I struggled a lot with assurance of salvation. Am I saved? Am I not saved? I prayed a thousand times, but I don't feel the conviction, mm-hmm. right? I struggled so much with that. Uh, but I knew God was real because we'd pray mm-hmm. and crazy stuff would happen. It's like, <laughs> wow. there is no way anyone can convince me that was coincidental hmm. so i knew so at least i knew god was there hmm. uh, and then finally you know actually 2010 or so i read screw an excerpt from screw tape letters in my mom's devotional bible uh and screw tape is talking to the nephew right mm-hmm. to wormwood and it's like here are the ways to you know lead to our patient the christian astray uh, to hell or to our father below as they refer to satan and he, he listed all of these things. I don't even remember everything he listed, but I just remember being like, wow, I have thought every one of these. And this, this is why I was still on defense, like, am I saved, am I not saved? So for the first time in my life, uh, I believed, right, that, okay, so I nailed down there, I think it was October 30th, but I have to check my journal for the exact year, 2010 or 2011, but I got to really believe for the first time. But then it's like, you know, always back to me not having a dad, I, I felt like I, when I'd see men, right, I'd be like, oh, he seems like a solid guy, you know, I should go talk to him. And sometimes that was my friend's dad's, mm-hmm. right, like that was 
one of my friends' dads, uh, Mr. Zasha, like he was very pivotal in my life. Like he took me to the house for a holiday. He was a godly man. So I, I learned. Now, as kids, right, you just watch and yeah. learn. Yeah. I learned a lot of things, you know, with how patient he was, how kind he was, you know, his, his devotion to his family, to God. Like he'd actually, every Sunday, to jump in the car and drive around town to deliver breakfast, like loaves of bread or whatever, to widows. Wow. Now house was one of those houses that stopped by. And just seeing stuff like that was like, whoa, you know. Uh, so I, I had that, you know, men that I, I looked up to, um, that I sought out. Uh, and then some of them just, I don't know, saw me, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, let's talk. Let's grab coffee or, or something. And, uh, you know, I was open to that because I had seen the, the value uh, from from working with mentors and letting people, you know, pour into my life because I don't have it it's, all figured it's out. It's huge though because, and I think I spend more time in guys that I mentor and disciple trying to get that principle of like, hey man, it's your responsibility to pursue. Hmm. Like don't don't just like, you know, and it does happen. Like there are some times where somebody's like, hey man, I see something new I want to pour into you. And that's amazing. Yeah. Keep that's, throwing the ball until it gets caught. Exactly. Like, that's just not always the norm. And so I love how you said, like, I see something um, and, and, I, and I, I chose to pursue it. And I just realized for me, that has been the greatest blessing in my life is if, if I see something I want from a mentor to point in my life, I, I take the mantra of pursue them until they catch me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, in other yeah. words, it, it's on the onus is on me. The agency is on me. Yeah. To pursue them. You know, Matt, it's interesting, um, and I know we talked about this a little bit last week or the week before, in doing this series with business, Christian business owners, every single guest has talked about somebody pouring into them from yeah, a mentorship sure. standpoint. Wow. That's so, yeah, the tie here is, you know, hey, if, if I'm being called to go out and do something entrepreneurial and use my business as opportunities as ministry and things like that. Uh, one of the key points that you can take away is make sure you have somebody that's been there that's done that is wiser than you are that can speak into your life. Um, you know, admonish when you need to be when admonishments there and encouragement and um, pressing you onward when when those things are happening. So, get a mentor in your life. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna make a plug because there's a, there's an influencer I follow that said some of the greatest mentors in my life I've never met. Oh. And it's that idea that I'm a ferocious learner, yeah. I'm a ferocious reader. Like I, I am, you know, if there's, even if you can't physically, I mean, yeah. don't I'm like, oh man, I just can't find somebody. Yeah. That's not even an excuse. Well, Michelle called, she goes, I like going and spending time with my best friends. Yeah. Those were the books. That, that was exactly the books, right? That she read. But, she but called this, her books, her best friends, go know, and the, spend time with my best and friends. And I just think that that, the, the, I think the hunger for mentoring. Yeah is has got to be connected to the hunger for learning and growing. Yeah. And I, I think it's also like a, what's the word? It's also like a, the posture, right? It's a humble mm. posture wow. and, yeah. and learning that again and again, because like, mm. I don't have it all figured out, you know, and you, you know, you, are, right. So it's this, and it's, pretty interesting sometimes right you're just like wow i know nothing yeah <laughs> you know as you talk with well them. I've, I've i spent a lot of time <laughs> in, i'm, I'm gonna posture. go i'm gonna go on this tangent a little bit yeah, with, for with, sure. with that so being in the technology sector myself outside of easy spaces uh there is a lot of um humility that comes with being in the technology industry 
And you need to have the ability to adapt. You need to have the ability to change. Because what you're doing today is certainly not going to be how you're doing your business in two years. Technology just moves too fast. Yeah. You know, um, and so what what do you do to stay agile, to to stay, uh, have the ability to move and to zig and to zag when you need to and and to make those decisions quickly, but also with wisdom and discernment? Ooh, I like that. To zig and to zag. <laughs> <laughs> Man, for me, it's just always learning, always learning. And the people I hire... Uh, contractors whatnot I, I try to hire like those who also love to learn and love to adapt because i've i've hired people before like they've been in the field for like 10 years but they still want to do it how they did it you know four years ago mm-hmm. it's like yeah you technically have experience yeah but mm-hmm. you're not adapting like we're gonna die right yeah. yep. uh, so just adapt uh, or die really in technology yeah. Yeah. yeah so just hiring people who have that mindset always learning i'm trying to build it into the dna of the company and like hey we're a learning organization and we're mm. just always iterating fine-tuning mm. right if if a process doesn't work i'm open to you know, I had one of my designers talking to me about doing a design sprint in house. He's like, "Hey, let's let's try." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure, run it." So him and I have been working on that. So just giving people permission to do that uh, has mm-hmm. been super helpful. Uh, but in terms of you know staying agile and adapting, right? It's like you got to you know, keep your ears to the ground to see what's going on in the marketplace. You know, talking with people, talking with mentors, uh, seeing how they are also evolving their own businesses. And I'm like, oh. I'm going to steal that like an artist, right? And <laughs> yeah, Which exactly. is a great book, by the way. Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Uh, super phenomenal. But anyway. The uh, best form of flattery is plagiarism, right? Or, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Scott Rideau used to say the creativity is forgetting your sources. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that's, that's literally uh, what it has been for me. Uh, just you know, being open to keep learning, keep evolving, and keep tweaking processes and mm. empowering those that I work with to uh, do the same to do the same yeah. that's great to take ownership and then we can all move more agile it doesn't have to come top down top down uh, always right so in this ever evolving and complex world of tech that you live you're also responsible to keep yourself spiritually healthy spiritually charged how do you live that out where you're trying to figure out how to run this business, see it grow. You've got employees now, so you've got people that you're trying to, you know, obviously bless through the growth of that, you know, uh, clients you're trying to meet their needs and serve them well. How do you stay spiritually recharged? For me, it's finding time uh, to get away, to recharge. I don't always do that well, but when I do, it's like, wow. This is amazing. Like I went off with Michael Parker. Mm-hmm. I think that was a month ago or so. I forget the exact time. I think a month and a half or so ago. But uh, we you know we, we got to just go off for you know half a day. We we went to uh, like I think the Mogollon Rim, mm-hmm. uh, Payson, mm-hmm. and we just both went you know uh, different ways for a few hours and you know, came back again and talked about what insights uh, you know just 
finding time, right? I mean, even Jesus did that all the time. He just went off to spend time with his father. Uh, I really want to build that more into my rhythm, so it's not something I do mm-hmm. once in a while. You know, right. like just a steady rhythm of doing that. Uh, but I do try to do that uh, even here without having to travel, you know, or, or go off to the forest, to the woods, or something. But going for a walk, and, like a prayer walk, uh, and just praying, right? Mm-hmm. And that helps, you know, relax, settle, center. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself you know s- spending time in the word uh sounds cliche but honestly i see a difference uh mm-hmm. when when i'm not spending time in the word and i'm mm-hmm. not praying like i'm i'm more irritable with with clients yeah. <laughs> with, yeah with contractors i work with like so i really do see a difference uh you know uh, and then when i'm spending time you know in prayer uh spending time you know lis- either listening or reading god's word like i i I do see a difference. So that's how I stay recharged. Um, listening to podcasts like this. Hey, <laughs> shout out. Okay. You know, just, you know, learning how others have navigated you know, mm. certain things. Um, honestly, is super huge for me. I do audiobooks as well. So mm. you know, finding good audiobooks uh, to read on, on different uh, subjects it could be on discipleship, on discipline, on prayer, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. So I've never been a reader. Just just growing up, um, dyslexic and ADHD tendencies and things like that. Reading has been very, very hard for me. So I never established that discipline early in life. So if you don't have a discipline early in life, trying to get a new discipline when right. you're older is yeah. much right. harder. Right? Right, right. <laughs> but I have recently been... Uh, listening to audiobooks and it has been fantastic for me. Um, I've got a 30 minute drive into the office and a 30 minute drive home and it gives me an hour every day to wow. quote unquote read a book. Um, and it's been really, really good for me. I've, I've found those to be my friends while I'm driving home. It's been great. So well, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of audible. So shout out there. But, yeah. but, but for some people that's like, I, I can't afford like that. You know, there's a great app called Libby. Mm, which yeah. connects into your public, public library, library system. Yeah. So wherever you are, if you got a public library card, yeah. you probably are able to use that app Libby because it just Absolutely. literally syncs with your public library. And, and, and you, you can check them in and check it check out. Just, in, like check it out. So it's just like a regular book at a library. Yeah. But they do audiobooks. It's great. I rocked that when I came in the United States and I found out about that because I was like, oh, you know, audiobooks, like some are quite expensive. And then I went to the public library so every I've lived in several cities out here, and it's kind of a thing. I have a library card for everyone. <laughs> there like it is. Chandler, Tempe, Phoenix, Glendale, Scottsdale. Even if I work in the city, I also go get a, a library card. There it is. But I was able to, I discovered that. Uh, Libby Hoopla. Uh, uh, Hoopla, uh, yeah. Another one. But uh, yeah, that was phenomenal for me, just access to books and other things, not just books too. But That's awesome. Cool. Very cool. Amazing. Any other questions, Matt? Well, I just want to say thanks, man. Thanks for thanks for joining us. And I I think it's it's always amazing to me. Um, I think it's difficult when you grow up in the United States. You forget just to have maybe as much gratitude about the opportunities here. I mean, the United States is not a perfect country by any means, but I hear a story like yours, and I I do realize it still is a great country for allowing opportunities for somebody to come in. And I think we can all like have excuses of why we don't rise up beyond our circumstances. But mm-hmm. I think it's a great it's a great lesson for us to learn from you 
don't let your circumstances dictate what you want to pursue for your future. Yeah. You know, how, exactly. how do you, how do you still choose to rise up beyond it? And then obviously seeing God's hand in it. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been huge. Just looking back on my life and being like, wow, I see the hand of God, uh, in there. Right. My mom would always say something. It's like, uh, we, we pray, you know, we pray and we trust God, but we also do our part. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, there were many times I yeah. with, with the DV one visa and trying to come stateside where I was like, "Mom, this okay, this is kind of expensive." Let's I sent the she's like, "We've been praying about it, right? We, we give it to God, but we actually have to mail the thing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we'll always have that in our lives where we pray and pray, but it's like, "Ooh, yeah. do I mail it or do I not mail it?" If you don't mail it, well, you never know what would have happened if you did. So there's you know that aspect and. It's a conundrum that sometimes stumps me, and I'm just like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to think about this more, but it's like God is sovereign, and we trust yeah. Him, and we have faith, but mm-hmm. there's also, as a result of our faith, we do. Yeah. So do what you can do so that God can do it. Exactly. God can do. And, and just that idea that inaction is a decision. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm avoiding making a decision. Well, you just made a decision, right? And, yeah. and, and moving into action is huge. Yeah. Hey, I want to do something before before we close this morning. Um, and it's a little off script, and hopefully you're going to be uh, all right with it here. <laughs> so not that we even have a script. but so you, say, you gotta, we, we have a script, and you haven't been sharing it I with know. me? It's what? All, it's all right here, man. <laughs> you know, you had an opportunity to call your brother and, and mm. tell him thank you, yeah. right? Um, and throughout today's episode, you've talked um, a lot about your mom and what uh, she has meant uh, to you in your life. And so what I would like for you to do is tell your mom thank you right here on the on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is awesome. Uh, so my mom's name is Diana. Uh, so, Mom, I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for you know, allowing me to dream, for helping me dream, and just for all the years, all the hard work. Uh, it's not easy being a widow without mm-hmm. a husband, but you you never give up. You did not give up, and you got to, you know, lead us to Christ in, in through the hustle, through the pain, mm-hmm. and just again and again trusting God. So, yeah, thanks, Mom. Shout out to you, Mom. Love you, Mom, uh, and all my siblings, too. <laughs> I love you guys. That was yeah, awesome. That's, awesome. That's a man. great way to end the episode. It is. Such an oper- uh, awesome opportunity to do this and with baby, you this thank morning. Thank you and so much, man. Thanks, yeah, absolutely. Guys. It's a pleasure. And so thank you for joining us again today. Uh, if this was uh, something that was meaningful to you, please share the link out and let other people hear it. Uh, the things that we talk about are encouraging to each and every one of us if we'll just uh, let God work in our lives. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.